from my experience of building a business, it has mostly been the energetic work and the mental work that I've done and like self-leadership that has made the biggest impact. Strategy, you know, it's dime a dozen. You can slap on any type of strategy and it can work, but it's less about the strategy and more about who you are and how you believe in the strategy and like the things that you're doing behind the scenes and within your own self that are going to be the thing that like actually makes the strategy work. Welcome to the Money, Mindset, and Manifestation Podcast. I'm your host, Marley Rose Harris, and I'm here to talk to you about all things entrepreneurial, personal growth, and self-development with a little side of spiritual woo-woo. I have successfully turned my side hustle into a multiple six-figure business while traveling the world and living a life I've only dreamed of. I hope by listening to this show inspires you to do the same and start manifesting everything on your vision board. Thanks for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy the show. Hello, angels, and welcome to another episode of the Money Mindset Manifestation Podcast. I am so happy that you're here. Today, we have such a special episode. So today, we have Ava Johanna with us, and we are going deep. This is seriously such a magical interview, and I just love how open and vulnerable we both got in this episode, and my intention is that you leave listening to this episode feeling very inspired, very motivated, and very seen. So Ava is the founder and CEO of the Academy Breath, an online mindfulness and breathwork education platform that is bringing practices that once felt reserved to the spiritual community into the mainstream in an accessible and real-life applicable way. After working with brands like Aloe Yoga, Mind Body Green, and Wanderlust, Ava built the Academy of Breath, a 12-week breathwork and meditation certification that has now certified over 500 students across the globe, blending science magnetism and business the academy of breath is a blazing the trail in the breathwork industry making the practices more accessible than ever before while providing teachers coaches and leaders with the tools to be able to increase their quality of life lower their stress and make a global impact on the world i am seriously so excited for you guys to listen to this episode i hope you love it as much as i did and let's get into it Welcome everyone to the Money Mindset Mission Podcast. We have such a special guest here, Ava. I'm so excited. I was typing out our questions. I was like literally being so selfish. I was like, okay, I want to know this. I want to know this. I want to know this. So I'm like so excited to dive into all of this with you. So for the listeners, you know, can you please tell us, you know, where did your story begin? I feel like you know, when I look to a successful people, I can always pinpoint that, that there was like this rock bottom moment that felt like a setback, but really end up being like a setup to their sole purpose, to their journey. I would love to know, like, does that resonate with you? And if so, can you tell us a little bit more of like what that journey looked like for you? Yeah, totally. Well, first and foremost, I'm so excited to be on the podcast. I feel like after I had you on, I was like, Marley's just so dope. And I just (laughs) adore you. I adore you. And so, yeah, I'm really grateful to be here. And I full heartedly agree with you as it relates to alchemizing truly like your rock bottom and letting it be the thing that supports you and catapulting forward. Honestly, I feel like I've had a lot of rock bottoms and oh, I, <laughs> you know, I, I don't know if like there was necessarily like the first or the second that led to me being like, all right. And now I got to like, start looking at things more intentionally and cleaning shit up. But I think that they all kind of compounded on each other to help give me context as I started to find my own way. And so the two that are really speaking to me right now, the first, which a lot of people, if you've heard my story before, know this. When I was 16, my mom, my sister, and I were evicted from our house and her car was repossessed within the span of like several weeks. And then over the course of a year, we were homeless. We would jump from neighbors' houses to friends' houses to family members' houses. My mom would go to the food bank every 
weekend or the church to pick up bags of groceries that were donated. I mean, she would use the EBT food stamps at the grocery store and I would be mortified because we lived in a really wealthy neighborhood. And while I wish I could say like, from that moment forward, I changed my entire life. I think more than anything from that moment forward, I decided I would never be in that position again. And so I think that there was like the match that set the flame, but was it a healthy flame at that point? No, I don't think so. I think I had a lot of trauma from that, ex- or not I think, I know I had a lot of trauma from that experience. And I used that trauma to really fuel me to run as far away as possible from that environment, right? After I graduated, I moved down to San Diego to get out of LA. And then also from that experience, I got a full-time job immediately and would take classes on the side very poorly. I had like all these and I really like threw myself into my career first being in the restaurant industry. And then after all of my friends in college started getting normal nine to five jobs and internships, I was like, well, I want a nine to five job too. That looks fun because I was so used to just working on the weekends and not being able to go out with my friends. And so I doctored up a resume and started applying for jobs in marketing and started getting hired for these jobs in marketing, had no degree, said I did, had no marketing experience, said I did, but had always had a scrappiness and a resilience to me that I would figure it out. And thank God Google was around and I was the person that utilized Google as if it was my best friend and my therapist. And because of that, I was really able to grow quickly in the digital marketing space. But if I were to actually back up like two years prior to that, the second rock bottom was when I got my DUI and I was in a really dark place living back at home because I had a fallout with my roommates at the time. They were my first college roommates. And in that moment, living at home, getting the DUI, drinking a lot, experiencing some other forms of trauma from people that I surrounded myself with. and. After I got the DUI, I remember just laying in my teenage bedroom of the apartment my mom eventually was able to get for us, thinking, I don't want to live like this. I don't want to be this. I truly believe that like there is something more available for me, and I don't know how I've strayed so far away from my power. I mean, to the point where I went to a psychiatrist and they prescribed me antidepressant medications. And I remember looking at the antidepressants and being like, I don't want to take these. I don't want to be this person. Not that there's anything wrong with medication at all, but it felt like I was leaning on the easy way to feeling better versus actually looking at who I could become and who I wasn't letting myself be first and foremost. And I think that was a really big wake up call for me that didn't necessarily mean that I stopped partying. I certainly stopped drinking and driving. (laughs) That for sure happened. But it just helped give me again, some context of like, who do I really want to be? And I think those two moments stand out to me the most because they were these rock bottom experiences that didn't necessarily mean that overnight I changed my life. But again, it gave me more context as to what life could be like and a different perspective of how I could start to show up and just chip away at the trauma, chip away at the destructive behaviors and the destructive patterns, chip away at the low self-worth and the, I would say, incorrect channeling of my energy. I remember when I was in my early 20s, I was like, Oh, I'll just find a man, like a wealthy man. If I can just find a wealthy man, then he'll take care of me. Because what my mom showed me was that when she left her husband, who was my stepdad, that she wasn't able to take care of us. And so for me, I was like, all right, that just means that if I have to find a husband that can take care of me. And so I spent a lot of my energy channeled into this this very disempowering lifestyle. And so those moments really again, just gave me perspective that 
was the little nudge that I needed to start making shifts. Again, it wasn't, none of this was overnight. I feel like my life has always been chipping away day by day, the compounding effects of who I decide to be and the choices that I decide to make. But it wasn't really until I think that happened. My DUI was when I was 19. It really wasn't until 23, 24 years old that I got into wellness, spirituality, personal development. So there was still this like chunk of time where I was just kind of like, do living my life and getting better perhaps, but not fully waking up. Wow. Ava, I remember when I shared my story, you're like, we have so many parallels. Everything you're saying, I'm like, yep, 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 yep. It's so crazy. Thank you so much for being so vulnerable and so open to sharing that story. I just had my hand on my heart the whole time. And I was like, I'm just to see your journey is so inspiring. So thank you so much for sharing. And you know what I was like realizing as you were talking? I feel like the word rock bottom is so like, think of that word rock bottom. It's like, feels so heavy and so dark. But when you were talking, I was like, it's, it's a moment in time where you experience absolutely what you don't want. Because I think a lot of us are moving through life and we're not sure what we want. And not until we get to that moment where it's like, oh, I know exactly what I don't want. And Tony Robbins says, like, we move away from pain and towards pleasure. So I feel like I don't even want to call it rock bottom anymore because it's it's such a negative connotation. I think it's like the ultimate pivot. (laughs) It's It's like the ultimate life pivot of no to yes. So like these these setbacks or like bottoms are really an opportunity to pivot and if you lean into the pivot and you lean in what you do desire so much growth comes from that like i could do you even recognize the version of you at like 20 years old to now like how does that feel i mean It's funny because there's certainly aspects of her. Like I'm sassy AF. I (laughs) am like the, I remember when I was partying in my early twenties, I probably wasn't even old enough to be in a club yet, but somehow got invited up to a table and, and some guy that was on the dance floor looks up at me and he goes, do you want to come dance? I'm like, no, grass is greener in the VIP. Like that was like the, the like hundred percent of the time energy. of Ava in her 20s. And like, I still have aspects of that. I don't like waiting in line. I don't like playing by the rules that other people set. Like, I am very, very bold in my expression. And I stand for what I stand for. And I'm not afraid to say what I have to say. And at the same time, I think that that core personality trait of mine has matured into something that's more compassionate, something that's softer, something that is still that is that is quietly bold in expression versus very loud and obnoxious and like, please see me because I haven't felt seen my entire freaking life. And I feel like that's like a big distinction as far as like different aspects of my personality. But I mean, outside of that, yeah, my, my entire world is completely different than it was when I was 20 years old. When I was 20 years old, I was going to the money tree every single month to be able to get like an extra couple hundred dollars to be able to pay my rent. Mm. What I feel like what has happened here is you really leaned in and through healing and through those practices that we're about to talk about, like cultivated self-worth and self-confidence. So being bold is an extension of you. It's not trying to fill a void. It's literally just, this is me. This is what I desire, like hop on or hop off. And I actually see that as a very common trait among really driven, motivated entrepreneurs. I think you kind of have to have that as a part of you because it's like, I know what I want. I'm going to get it. And either you're coming along or you're not. Like that's the thing. And and I love that for you. Like that's a that's a superpower. Yeah. I mean, it's taken practice to not wobble. I think that it goes against everything that we're kind of marketed and shown throughout our lives, whether it's through the media or through our upbringing and the people, our guardians or our parents, but it's so worth it because when you can really stand for what you want and who you are, the world opens up for you in the most like truly like unbelievable, miraculous ways where it's just like, how the heck did I create all of this? Oh, right. I went after it. 
I decided to ask. I was I was willing to put myself out there. I was willing to be rejected. I was willing to get up after falling down 10 times. It's like I think something that I always say is like when you sh- when you stand for something, when you know you are meant for something, when you are willing to put yourself out there again and again and again. It's not a matter of if it will happen. It's a matter of when it will happen. And so that has just always been my mantra when it comes to my business, when it comes to relationships, when it comes to my health and and like going to the gym. It's If I'm showing up every day, it's not a matter of if I'm going to have a sweet little peach by summer. It's a matter of when. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, everything you're saying. I'm like, yes, yes. I, I just actually recorded a podcast on this recently. And it was inspired by Ed Millette, who talks about invisible compounding effort, which is a lot of us tend to give up too early because we're not seeing the fruits of our labor. So we're putting in the work, putting in the work. And then it's like, ah, I'm not seeing it. But it's like that typical, that classic photo of the person like chipping for gold. And then the last hit, would have been the gold, but you can't, it's invisible. You're behind it and you can't see where the gold is. And so I I wholeheartedly believe in this because we live in a universe of cause and effect. If you put in the cause, you receive the effect. It's science, it's gravity, it's the law. (laughs) And so this is again, understanding this and applying this is actually, I think for myself, I don't know if you agree with this. I feel like literally one of my superpower. It's like my little weapon in my back pocket of just showing up to something and compounding and being consistent is like the biggest edge in business, I would say. What do you think about that? For sure. And I think that it's like kind of been distorted, especially over the last few years. You know, I think that for a lot of people that started their businesses in like 2020, they grew really quickly because there were a lot of people online. And then once the world started evening out, the quickness of growth or even like the response that they may have seen at the beginning of 2020 wasn't, it's not as easy to achieve. It takes a little bit more for some people, or there's a little bit more consistency, a little bit more trust building, or a little bit longer of a period of time before someone actually buys and invests at a high level. And that's not the case for everybody, but I think for a lot of people, they kind of were given a wake up call over this last year of like, oh, like I do have to like put in effort. I do have to show up. I do have to be consistent. And I think for me, you know, the coaching industry is so interesting. And so I always just look towards other industries and say like, okay, like, is it normal for a business outside of the coaching industry to have fluctuations in income? Yes. Is it normal for a business to have moments where seasons are actually harder or slower? Yes. Is it normal for a business to be working for multiple years at a time and not see that multi-million dollar mark until year five? Yeah, that's the actual standard for most businesses outside of the coaching industry. And so I think that consistency is highly underrated and sometimes also demonized in many coaching spaces where it's like, oh, consistency, that's a yucky word. I don't like that word. It feels heavy. And it's like, okay, call it something else. Devotion, discipline, whatever feels less heavy for you, but know that like you do have to show up. Entrepreneurship isn't easy. You have to be consistent. You have to be devoted to your work. Otherwise, everyone would have a business. Oh, snaps. And pivoting back to your story, because I really want to go back to, and I I love this journey that you came on. And at what point did breathwork come into your journey? And what drew you in so hard that inspired you to create a certification on it? What did you have a profound experience? What, What was that journey like? What did breathwork provide to you? Yeah. I mean, I feel like my entire life now, if I look back at all of the different aspects of like who I am and what I've created and like my work, breathwork has given me everything because breathwork is what stemmed all of my creative ideas, my confidence in myself, my connection to God or to the universe. And so 
in retrospect, when I look back, it's like, well, breathwork has been the thing that has really just taken my life and molded it into this beautiful picture that it is today. But I found breathwork when I was, I think, 23, 24 years old, very quickly after I found yoga. And, you know, at the time, again, I, I was a party girl in my early 20s. And once I found yoga, I started really prioritizing moving my body and like getting into the yoga studio multiple times a week. And my favorite yoga teacher, who is also my, my breathwork instructor, who, who taught me breathwork, she's um, one, one-on-one, which was such a beautiful experience. Her class was like 1030 on, on Saturdays, Nikki Bose, she owns Reunify Yoga in Ocean Beach, San Diego, for anybody that is listening in San Diego. And so my Friday nights quickly turned into like chill nights with the girlfriends because I wouldn't dare miss Nikki's class on Saturday and starting my weekend with that energy of a yoga class and brunch with my girlfriends and walking down to the beach. And so these healthier habits started taking a hold in my life and replacing the more destructive patterns of like going clubbing and like being hung over on Saturday and then just like eating crappy food and feeling horrible throughout the rest of the weekend. And so fast forward to like six months later, I like the moment I found yoga, I was like, oh my God, like I need to make people feel this good because I feel friggin' incredible. And I have no idea why I feel incredible, but I do. And so I decided to enroll in my yoga teacher training and it was on night one, I believe, of the yoga teacher training that we had someone come in and teach us breath work. And that was the first time that I was able to, without any external substance, create a feeling of ecstasy inside of my body. And if I'm being honest and I joke around with my students and my certification, how about it? I'm like, honestly, I got high and I <laughs> and I liked it because it wasn't from any chemicals. It wasn't from anything outside of me. It was a spiritual high that I had really been kind of looking for because, you know, at a certain point, your physical practice can kind of taper off or plateau where you're like, all right, I'm in the motions now. I'm doing this. And what's next? How can I discover more of myself from this point forward? And breathwork really gave that to me. And so, I have a little bit of an obsessive personality when it comes to learning things. I think it's because I'm a one, three projector and I'm, I'm pretty sure that means that we're supposed to like know all of the things or like once we find something that we love, we just like dive straight into it. But don't quote me because I don't know that much about human design. So I decided to do a breathwork training. And again, I learned one-on-one. My teacher studied in India and she studied with a, with a guru in India and So it was really intimately passed down to me in such a beautiful way to learn breathwork and and pranayama from the Hatha yoga tradition. And actually in tradition, you are supposed to learn from teacher. It's supposed to be passed down from teacher to disciple. So it felt very much in reverence of the tradition of pranayama, which is what I teach inside of the Academy of Breath. And As much as I loved learning that way, it was all rooted in yoga and and spirituality. And I also really love science. I love the hard facts. I want to know what's going on in the brain. Like, give me all of the details about what's happening and why I feel this way. And like, what's really going on in my body and in my mind when I'm breathing. And so... I did that breathwork training. I also took another meditation teacher training from Johnny Pollard, who's this incredible meditation teacher. His company is called One Giant Mind. And the One Giant Mind training was amazing. However, it lacked the spiritual depth. It was all science, very much modernized for a mainstream market and realized that there was a huge gap in the breathwork space and the and the meditation space where both worlds collided where we could learn the science as well as the spiritual origin origin where we could take breathwork and meditation and blend the two together because before that I tried meditation and I could not meditate if my life depended on it breathwork was the actual practice that allowed me to feel settled enough in my body and in my mind to be able to even meditate. And so I 
just saw this gap in the in the market and knew that there were so many other people like me that were deeply spiritual beings and also really valued understanding the neuroscience and the physiology of what's happening in the brain and the body while we're practicing these these techniques. So that's really where my inspiration for breathwork or excuse me for the Academy of Breath came. I also had several experiences of friends coming up to me and sharing kind of like horror stories of experiences that they had had in different breathwork workshops where they felt invalidated, where they were scared of breathwork from that point forward. And so I really wanted to open up a conversation and teach people trauma-informed care as it relates to breathwork so that we're not doing more harm than good when it comes to teaching people these practices. Because the reality is breathwork is medicine and, in my opinion, should be taken as seriously when prescribed as a chemical medication would be because of the way that it works with the nervous system and with our physical makeup. Are you wanting to start, grow, or scale an online business, but you're lacking accountability, you're lacking a blueprint, you're lacking community, and you honestly just don't know what to do next? This is exactly how I felt when I started my online business. I felt alone and I felt very overwhelmed. But over the past four years, I personally have built two online businesses that have generated over seven figures in income. I've put together the exact method and strategies that work. So you don't have to stroke anymore and you can get the results faster and quicker. I want to tell you about Freedom Club. It's my 12-week business accelerator that blends mindset and strategy so you can start seeing success externally and feeling it internally. By enrolling in Freedom Club, you can start to expect that people are going to be reaching out to you saying, oh my gosh, your business is looking so amazing. I'm so impressed with you. You will start to have the financial freedom to spoil your friends, your family, and most importantly, you. If you want to join a supportive, uplifting community and start taking the step in the right direction toward building your business so you can finally be financially free and live life on your own terms, apply in the link in the show notes and we can hop on a call to ensure it's the perfect fit for you and creating the future and life that you dream of. All right, back to the episode. Wow. I can like attest to everything for anyone who hasn't tried breathwork. The first time I did breathwork, have you been to Bali before? Mm-hmm. And I'm going in November too. I'm so excited. Oh my God. Okay. So then you would know Yoga Barn, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. And there's another yoga place in Ubud, which I am forgetting the name of, but it's also very famous and it will come to me. But me and my friend were in Bali and we're like, let's go to this thing called Breathwork. We, it had just not really been talked about. It was like, this is like back in 2019. And I was like, okay, had no idea what I was getting myself into. I was like, Breathwork, probably just like laying down, meditating. It'll be fine. I traveled to a different universe. <laughs> I like channeled aliens. Like, I don't even know what happened. I just, it was so magical. and. From that point forward, I was like, I don't exactly what you said. I felt ecstasy in my body with no substance. And I was just hooked from that moment forward. This is the coolest thing ever. Like, how is no one? I was like, breath work. Have you guys heard of it? Everyone's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, this yeah. is so cool. So I can totally attest to everything you're saying. And oh my gosh, just being able to learn from someone who learned from a guru in India that just feels so sacred. And I just love this for you. So I'm, I'm just so excited for, so for anyone who's listening and desires to go deeper, Academy of Breath is where to go, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So if you want to be a teacher, we have our 12 week breathwork and meditation certification program. If you want to just learn it in your own personal practice. We have a six module course. It's called breathwork. And that's really, I'm I'm teaching you different breathwork techniques, but how to specifically use them to upgrade your identity and to create new patterns and habits in your life around your beliefs and how you show up on a day-to-day basis so that you can create a life beyond your wildest dreams. As cheesy as it sounds, like I said, when you first asked me, like, what is breathwork meant to me? Like, it has truly allowed for me to create a life beyond my wildest dreams. And I feel like you're so right. Like in 2019, breath, so many people were like, what is breathwork? Or like, if you saw somebody doing it, you'd be like, what the heck are they doing? And 
I was in LA at the time and I was like, I mean, I know that there were other people teaching breath work, but I was like the go-to for people in, in like 2019. And I'm just like, LA is like one of the leading industries in the wellness world. And yeah. 2019, only four years ago, you're telling me that like no one knew about breath work for the most part. You know, like I was teaching at Aloe Yoga. I was teaching at Bandier. I was teaching at some like other small boutique studios. And I was the only person that was actually adding breath work into their classes. And it was so cool to see people starting to be like, oh my gosh, like this makes me feel so good. I feel so calm. I feel so at peace. I feel so connected. And what's been really interesting is how quickly breathwork has blown up over the last several yes. months or not so several months, last several years. And so for me, like I'm just so passionate about making sure that we continue to speak to the multidimensionality of these practices. Like they're not one dimensional. The way that I see it marketed a lot because of people like Wim Hof or even like Dan Brule and just big, bigger names in, in the breathwork space. And again, there's nothing wrong with any of this, but what I, what I, what I see with all of these different people is that they found this incredible tool that is breathwork and these techniques realized that everyone needed to get their hands on them and ask themselves, how can we make this palatable for the world and for the masses, for the mainstream? Let's sterilize it a little bit. Let's modernize it a little bit. Let's only talk about the things that we can point to on a machine and say, we've measured this being the change. And so I am so grateful for the rise in breath work. However, I have also seen that because the people at the forefront are really only speaking it from speaking to it from this one dimensional space of like stress relief, immune system response, you know, higher productivity that it's kind of lost some of the heart of the practice, which is like the connection that you feel that ecstasy, the ability to tap into a part of your brain that allows you to see things through a different lens, whether that's seeing aliens and connecting to a different dimension or seeing an experience from your youth and, and seeing it again through love, through the lens of love. Like there's just so much heart that these practices offer. And that's why they've been around for thousands and thousands of years used in yogic practice. And for me, like I'm just so committed to continuing the conversation and like helping people remember that these practices are so much more than what we just initially think that they're for. Mm, so beautifully said. I want to take a quick pivot right now and I would love to chat with you about money mindset. So you, you know, mentioned in your story what your childhood looked like financially and now there's been a quite a big quantum leap in terms of financial abundance. So what was that journey like for you? You know, when you start earning money on your own, was there a nervous system regulation? Was it breathworks? Like what allowed you to receive that type of abundance, knowing that your subconscious has been programmed with this, you know, well, I don't want to say it in your words, but this is just like what I'm perceiving. I'll let you share it. But shifting from that to this, what did that look like for you? Years, really, of like taking the time to look at the patterns that were playing out in my life, get radically honest with myself and be very, very conscious and intentional with my thoughts and also my actions. And I think a big part that sometimes we can forget when it comes to mindset work or like energetic work as it relates to money is that the practical things that we do are actually energetic shifters. So like, for example, when I, before my, I had my first six figure year and I had had like maybe like two or three, almost six figure years before then I was like, what's going on? Like, why can't I break through that ceiling? Like, I'm just so frustrated. What do I got to do? But at the same time, I had like 10K in credit card debt that I was just kind of like ignoring. I didn't have any structure to my bank accounts and like how I was 
organizing the money that was coming in. I was kind of spending frivolously as well. And so on a practical and like habitual level, I wasn't really being a safe steward for money. And so I really think that safe stewardship as it relates to our habits and our actual like practical actions that we take is such a big energetic piece because the reality is when you start to act a certain way, you start to think differently. And when you start to think differently, you start to feel differently. And we talk about this in the Academy of Breath, but it's this thinking, feeling, acting loop where all three are influencing each other. And so for me, one of the biggest shifts and as like unsexy as this sounds was like really getting clear on like what's going on in my bank account? How much money is actually there? What kind of system do I want to have in place for the money that's coming in so that I know that I'm making new positive changes to how I am handling the money that I have. And from there, I'm going to feel like a safe steward of money. So I'm going to feel more worthy for money to come in. And when I feel more worthy of money to come in, I'm going to feel and think more positively when I start to sell things or when I start to invest money in certain ways or whatever whatever it is as it relates to money. And so, yeah, as unsexy as it is, I feel like so much of my shifts have been from when I've made really, you know, kind of boring but practical changes in how I use money and and how I'm how I'm facilitating the money that is actually coming in. So even if it was only $500, I made sure that I had a system of how that $500 was going to be organized in my different bank accounts. That is so sexy. (laughs) Was there a course, a book, a resource that you read that allowed you to get really clear what that strategy was or was it more intuitive? So I love and will always love Amanda Francis's work. She always puts out bundles that I just feel like mentally get you in the in the space right mm-hmm. so i i love all of amanda's work her book rich as fuck came further i think it was published 2 years after i started like actually making good money so i love that book i won't say that that was the book that changed everything for me but it definitely was a good exclamation point on the work that i had already been doing in her world i haven't taken her money mentality makeover course. So I I can't speak to that, but I know that thousands of people love it. So Amanda Francis's work. And then I think the other piece is actually working with like a financial professional, like a CPA who that like, who told me like, here's like, you need to have a business bank account. And when money comes in, put this percentage towards savings and this percentage towards your taxes and pay yourself this much and don't deviate from these percentages. And like, that was mind blowing to me just knowing like, okay, if I'm having, if $10,000 came in this week, so I would always, I would have money dates with myself where every Friday in the morning, I would go into my bank account and calculate however much money came in during that week. And that would be my my day that I would move the money around and transfer the money. So let's say $10,000 came in when I was living in California. It was like, all right, 30% of that is going towards taxes. Um, I yeah. live in Texas now, so it's a lot lower. Oh, thank God. <laughs> Um, yes. Um, so it was like, okay, I'm going to save 30% and put 30% in my tax account, my tax savings account that's in, that I opened up for free through my business or through, through the bank. I'm going to put 20% into savings. I'm going to keep probably about 20 to 25% into, in, in my like operating expenses based off of, and obviously that number is different for everybody based off of what your operating expenses are. And then the remainder I'm going to transfer into my personal account. And from that personal account, I ha- I'll have a percentage of how much I want to put into stocks and how much I want to put into my personal savings. And so it was just like very, very simple and neutral. And I think that that's exactly what I needed versus like, I have $10,000. What do I want to do with this? Okay, how, maybe I'll just transfer this much into my my personal account and this much into my savings or keep this much because I don't have clarity on like how much my operating expenses are. I think a lot of people never get their money right because they're so scared to look at where they are right now. Mm. This is so helpful. So in addition, I want to add on, there's a book called The Millionaire Mindset by T. Harv Eckert. And 
he also will go into like a bucket system. So exactly what you're sharing here, he'll help break it down for you and help you allocate money in that way as well. So if you're looking for like a resource of like, it's not free because you have to invest in the book, but that also helps break it down for you. So did you notice that once you made that shift in your finances that the six-figure year came through? Oh, I mean, it was six figures in like four months. Oh, (laughs) Yeah, it was. I mean, it was wild. What was really amazing about it though, was that it it didn't feel wild in the moment. It didn't feel like, oh my God, how am I going to be able to hold this? Because I had a structure in place to know how to hold it. And I think that, you know, my mentor shared this the other day in one of the courses that she's running right now. And she said, if you were to make a million dollars, like, would you know even what to do with that million dollars right now? And and I think that that's such an important question for us to ask, because if we can't answer that and say like, yeah, I know exactly what I would do with it and not like, oh, I would buy a vacation and the car that I want and put a down payment on a house. Like, no, how would you, if a million dollars were to hit your account, how would you hold that responsibly? Would you be able to hold it responsibly? Because everything's energy, right? And if we aren't safe stewards of money, then money's not going to want to come towards us. And money's not going to want to circulate in our field. Like money wants to, oh gosh, one of my other mentors always gave this, this example and I friggin' love it. If money was your boyfriend, would money be sleeping in the bed with you or would money be on the couch based upon how you talk about it, how you use it, whether you look at it or ignore it or not. And I remember when she said that to me, I was like, oh shoot. I need to. He's on the couch. Yeah, I need to take a little bit more time to get money back in my marital bed and off yeah. the couch, and that's going to require me to sit down and be with money, start to change the way that I think about money and talk to money, be grateful for the money that I have. And so, I think that's such a good exercise for anybody listening. Like, if money was your partner, would they be sleeping on the couch? I. Love that so much. When you are in launch periods, a lot of people listening are entrepreneurs. Has there ever been an experience in your business where you had an expectation on how a launch was going to go or or just anything in your business financially and it started not going that way? What was your toolkit? What was your like self-prescription around that to pivot back to abundance. I believe, I honestly have a belief that success and money, like we're talking about right now, is like 90% mindset and then 10, like business, especially 10% strategy. So do you believe that as well? And if so, how do you navigate through those experiences? Yeah. I mean, from my experience of building a business, it has mostly been the energetic work and the mental work that I've done and like self-leadership that has made the biggest impact. Strategy, you know, it's dime a dozen. You can slap on any type of strategy and it can work, but it's less about the strategy and more about who you are and how you believe in the strategy and like the, the things that you're doing behind the scenes and within your own self that are going to be the thing that like actually makes the strategy work. Because again, energy is everything. Like people can feel if you are ungrateful for how your launch is going, or if you're in a lack energy and you're like, I need people to sign up. So I'm going to record this Instagram story or, you know, go live and talk about this and like, or make this post. And it's going to be like kind of from this negative energy. Like people feel that we feel that. That's why, you know, when someone walks in a room and they've got just like the most radiant energy, we can feel their presence. And when someone walks in a room and they're in a bad mood, we're like, whoa, like what's going on with you? (laughs) Energy speaks. And so I fully agree with that. And yes, I have had many times in launches where I have had to redirect how I feel mentally and emotionally. It's so funny. I'm launching a course called In My Mind. and for whatever crazy wild reason, I'm like, I'm going to have people plug into me every single day during our biggest launch of the year so that they can hear what I'm navigating, what we're doing and like how I'm holding myself through all of this. Because I just feel like launches very similar to like being in a relationship as an example, like you can do all the work on your own. Like you can do self-love work, you can do 
work around like conscious communication. You can do masculine and feminine energy work. And like, you can do all the work as you are single, but the work doesn't actually really start until you're in relationship with somebody else. And that's what I feel about launching. Tell me more. I feel like as entrepreneurs, we can do all of the mindset work, all of the energy work. We can sit and meditate and visualize and like be the freaking vibe. But then the moment that the cart opens until the moment that the cart closes, that's when the real leadership starts because you are bound to have moments where things aren't going as, as you planned. You are bound to have moments where you're like, why isn't this working? You are bound to have moments where you put the link out and no one responds and you're like, oh my God, should I put that down? Maybe I shouldn't do this. Maybe I should just like slowly back away and no one will notice that I even launched this thing. And so for me, power, like real personal power, self-leadership, courage, emotional intelligence, commitment, that starts when we're selling. And so I find launching to be this like beautiful portal into your next level self because you really have an opportunity to ask yourself, do I choose to sink or do I choose to rise? And for me, I can think of this one moment actually where it was, I think, beginning of 2021, I had launched the Academy of Breath two times so far. So it was going to be our third launch. And I was so excited. And I was like, 100 people, 100 people are going to join. I think the most we had had was 60 at that point. So I was like, 100 people based off of nothing besides just what I like decided in my mind, like, that's going to be the number, that's the goal, which is amazing. Like, I love that I set really high goals for myself. And that I play in bigger numbers than most people are comfortable with. However, I had this idea and this expectation that on day one, the moment that I opened the doors, I was like, it's going to be a five-figure day. More than 10 people are going to sign up. It's going to be amazing. And I had four people sign up, which is amazing. At the time, the program was $1,000. It was a 4K day. And I was like, <laughs> this is awful. Oh my God. I'm not going to hit my goal. And I just freaking lost it. I remember I was microdosing a lot at the time. And I remember taking like three of my microdoses, which is no longer a microdose. And I'm just like <laughs> lying on the ground in my office, looking up at my ceiling, hysterically crying praying to God to support me. And I'm, and I remember after like having this full blown, like nervous breakdown, which was from such an energy of lack and like just putting so much meaning in results that (laughs) I had this moment where I was like, first and foremost, Ava, what the heck? Like, you should be grateful right now because what a gift that four people signed up on the first day when you have launched things in the past where no people signed up. Like celebrate that and get rooted again back in reality because where you're at right now is what a younger version of you has always dreamt of. And so don't take this away from yourself. So that was the first piece of like really just like having a little bit of a a hard talk with myself and bringing myself back down to earth. The second piece was that I had spoken with my mentor at the time and she was like, listen, goals are supposed to be fun. Goals are supposed to excite us. Goals are supposed to motivate us. Your launch goals of whatever your number is, if it's no longer making you feel excited, inspired, or good, drop the goal. And so I decided to drop the goal. And I was like, you know what? Maybe I don't need a goal right now. Maybe the goal and having the goal and the number looming over my head is actually doing more harm than good. So what would it take or what would what do I need to do or what would happen if I actually just let go? And I decided what will be will be. That ended up being our largest launch yet. I think before that we had, so the first time we had 64 people sign up, the second time we had 59 people sign up, that time we had 78 people sign up. That's still to this date, our biggest group that we've ever had. And I truly believe it's because of surrender. I truly believe it's because I let go of the goal. I truly believe that it's because I shifted from being ungrateful to grateful and celebrating And then the final piece that I think is really important for us to remember is that when we're living out our sole purpose, there's always going to be another launch. 
So why does it have to be this one? Why does it have to be this one? So yeah, I have a lot to say on launches. I, I love launching. I sell all of the time. And I feel like it's been, even though things come up every single time, it's been such a beautiful opportunity for me to strengthen my leadership, for me to strengthen my emotional intelligence, and for me to also like see a lot of the illusions and like the stories and the limiting beliefs that I've had playing out subconsciously go from the unconscious to the conscious. And that gives us an opportunity to shift them. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom on that. So many people, like everyone listening, please pause, rewind, listen to that again as many times as it takes for that to fully sink in. That was powerful. Ava, thank you so much for blessing us with your presence and your wisdom. I have thoroughly loved this episode and I'm actually going to re-listen to it and take notes. Thank you so much. I just want to acknowledge you for your inspiration, your ability to really go after things that you desire and inspire all of us to do the same. So thank you so much. Where can everyone find you? You have a podcast as well. We did an episode there. Academy of Breath, Breathwork, give us all the details. Yes, definitely go listen to Marley's episode on The Alchemized Life because it was so much fun. And I feel like that's when our connection started. And so I'm just so grateful that you came on. I'm so grateful to have been on this ep- or on, and had this conversation with you. It was so much fun. So yeah, if anyone's listening and wants to follow along with the things that I'm doing, my Instagram is at I am Ava Johanna. The Academy of Breath Instagram is at Academy of Breath. That's where we post all of the different programs that we have, the dates for our certifications. I'm not sure when this episode is coming out, but our next round is going to be June 29th, 2023. And it's going to be such an incredible experience for those of you that have been listening to this and are like, I know that this is the next step for me. I know that this is the right move. We've had just the most amazing transformation stories where people are like, I'm not the same person that I was at the beginning of this program, which is just so cool because it validates all the experiences that I've had with breath work. I'm like, okay, yay, it works for other people. <laughs> um, so academyofbreath.org and yeah, on academyofbreath.org, you'll be able to find all of our programs as well too. So Instagram is the best place to stay up to date with me day to day. The podcast comes out on Tuesdays. It's called The Alchemized Life. Thank you so much. And we'll be sure to link all that in the show notes below. You're welcome back anytime. That was so much fun. Thank you, everyone. And make sure you follow along. And we'll talk to you guys next week. Bye, guys. Hey, hey, hey. Before you go, would you love a free money hypnosis? You guys, this is what I listen to every single night to rewire my subconscious mind so I can manifest the money that I desire. It is absolutely game-changing if you've heard me talk anything about subconscious mind and anything along the realms of healing your subconscious mind to help align you and attract money into your life. Hypnotherapy is the way. It actually heals and rewires your subconscious mind to make it believe and truly allow it to believe that you deserve the money that you desire. So if you want this free money hypnosis, all you have to do is leave us a review, you know, honest review, how you're feeling about the show, take a screenshot right away and then send it to hello at marleyrose.ca and we will send you this free hypnosis. You guys, it's going to be absolutely game-changing. It's how all my clients have manifested all of their massive goals in their business and in their life. Okay, thanks so much, you guys. I hope it's a great tool for you to use in manifesting all the money that you desire. Lots of love. Mwah!